0: ...because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello and welcome to a spoiler edition of Thor Love and Thunder, the movie review. I am your host, Movie Mike. I like doing these because I get to talk freely. Because if you're here, that means you've seen Thor Love and Thunder... ...and want to know about the spoiler parts about it. And if you're here and haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder... Maybe you just want to get all the details without having to go and see the movie. Either way, we're going to get right into it. The most interesting thing I didn't get to talk about in the regular review was the fact that Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, got cancer in this movie, and that's kind of how they kicked it off. I didn't particularly love her entire story with that, but I guess they were trying to add some emotional value here, taking on something so serious, and... I think a lot of times I go to Marvel movies for a little bit of escapism. I don't want to think about real problems. All the real things they usually face are fictional, hyper fictional, crazy things you'd never encounter in your real life. And then they gave Jane a real life hardcore problem. I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have given her such a serious disease. It caused her to die, even though she did die a heroic death. I just thought that was a little bit sad. And when you talk further down the line of them making another one of these movies and her not being in that same role now that she's passed away, I find that to be a little bit of a bummer. I was just happy that she was back in this movie to begin with. And it just kind of felt like, oh, you're back. And now you are gone in the most saddest way. Aside from that and the intro of the movie feeling a little bit rushed to get through all those things, to get through the diagnosis, to get her becoming Mighty Thor and it really not finding its footing until towards the end of the first act, beginning of the second act. That's kind of where Thor lost me a little bit. And then you get to them having this great villain now, Gore the God Butcher. And the other thing I was talking about is I felt like I wanted more of the things that make him such a threat in this because... Christian Bale is a really great actor. I thought he was a really, the perfect pick to play this villain and is part of the reason that I was so excited going into this movie, but I didn't see a whole lot of him killing people. You get it a little bit there in that first fight scene where he comes to New Asgard and is, you know, unleashing all his monsters, but you never really see him take out all the other gods and Maybe they didn't want to show too much violence, too much gore, blood, and guts to keep that PG-13 rating. But I thought they had such a great villain here who could have really done a whole lot more. And you have such a great actor like Christian Bale. Use him more! It just took a little bit out of the whole final battle where he hasn't done anything that devious, hasn't done anything that brutal to really make you fear him as a villain. I just never felt like he... At any point was going to defeat Thor. I thought Thor throughout the entire movie had a pretty good grasp on how he was going to take him down. And the whole final fight scene was a little subpar to me. Except for the fact that Thor was able to finally get to the kids and then give the kids his powers to take out Gore the God Butcher. I think that was the best part of the entire movie. And that would have had just so much more of an impact if... There would have been a little bit more struggle between him and Gore. But uh, those kids with Thor's powers, having no idea how to use them was amazing. And then you have Natalie Portman coming in and knowing that if she uses her powers again, she's going to die. Still go in there, do it for the love, do it to die. A glorious death in battle. I thought that was a cool moment, but I also kind of saw it coming too. And maybe that was the other thing. Some of the elements were a little bit predictable. But even with that, it was still a really fun, entertaining, witty, romantic comedy and met all my expectations going into it. There were very few things I could really say bad about it and was kind of surprised when I shared my review and saw a lot of other people not feel the same way. This was a movie that I really thought delivered in the action, in the comedy, but maybe some people just aren't the biggest fan of Thor and the jokes fall flat or some of the comedy kind of is on the line of the cheesiness and just the fun. So you can kind of take it either way. But for me, I was all in. I'm really still enjoying Marvel Phase 4 and I know I've been kind of back and forth on that with my feelings and I've been thinking about it a lot recently seeing other people talk about Phase 4 and I'm actually going to do a whole Marvel episode next week breaking down all the announcements they made at Comic-Con and how Phase 4 is wrapping up and how 5 and 6 are going to come into play. There were so many big announcements I'm been doing my research and getting all my notes together for that episode. But the thing I will share now is that I think for a while there, I just kind of got tired of the post credit scenes and that whole like shock value of, Oh, this person's going to be the next movie. And maybe that's just because I've been seeing them in every single movie. Sometimes they don't pay off and sometimes it just introduced like a minor character or the villain in the next movie. So I just felt like those started to be a little bit cliche And then once the launch of Disney Plus came and all these Disney Plus shows started rolling out too, it felt like a lot to keep up with to watch all the Marvel shows because they're all connected into the movies. Kind of like my thing separate. And maybe that's a weird thing for me. I enjoy it when all the movies are connected. But when I'm having to watch every single other show to know the origin stories of all these other characters, it feels less like I'm doing some of these things for entertainment and more like I'm doing homework but also Marvel has just changed so much from 2008 to now it's just funny to see that at one point we were always dying to see the next Marvel movie and the next project and having to wait and now the argument is that we have too much all at once so I feel like they've just been trying to make all of us happy with the content and we still find ways to complain. So I'm trying to find that happy medium of being irritated and also being overjoyed as a fan. But we'll get into more of that next week. Back to Thor. They did mention at the end of the movie that Thor will return even though he wasn't in any of the announcements they made at Comic-Con. Which usually those change a little bit. Even sometimes the movies they announce don't end up getting made or something happens gets postponed. But it looks like he will come back and probably now with the daughter of Gore, the God Butcher, which I really love that little tie in at the end of Thor adopting her. It went from Gore trying to kill Thor the entire movie to him adopting his daughter and trusting him with her life to take care of her. And then that whole little final end scene of him making her breakfast and them going off into new asgard that just seems like an entirely different fun plot line to explore like that itself i feel like it could almost be like an old school sitcom so i'm curious to see how that would translate into the next movie if they decide to explore that plot line more and then maybe you have natalie portman living her afterlife kind of separately you get a little bit in that post credit scene Her being greeted by Heimdall, played by Idris Elba, who, if you remember, he was killed in Infinity War by Thanos. So they meet and are reunited there. He thanks her for helping protect his son. And then she gets to celebrate after dying as a warrior and gets to live in that godly afterlife that they've been referencing the entire movie. So they were kind of setting that up the entire time. Again, a little predictable, but I'm okay with it. And then... The biggest thing in the post-credit scenes was Brett Goldstein, aka Roy Kent from Ted Lasso, being introduced as Hercules. He looks entirely like the part, and I feel like he is the perfect person that I didn't know we needed to counter Chris Hemsworth and be a possible villain in the next movie. I did like the way they tied in these other famous gods like Hercules and Zeus. I think that entire scene where they go to Zeus to try to get him to help them and then taking his thunderbolt. I think that was this movie at its comedic best. The other part of it that I loved is that the Guardians of the Galaxy didn't have that much of screen time in this. Their whole part in this movie was pretty minimal, which going into it, I thought maybe they were going to be a bigger part of it. So overall, I'm looking pretty hopeful at the future of Thor. Because underneath all the jokes, there was just a really good story about him growing as a person. Going from not wanting to be Thor anymore, not wanting to do anything heroic to him wanting that life of settling down and finding love and then being reunited with Jane. It felt like everything was kind of all coming back and he was going to have his entire world that he never knew he could have. And I love that they... Recap their entire love story to make you remember all those things and even adding more details to that really fleshed out his character and her character and showed how important it was for them to be reunited. It seems like they're about to fall in love. They have that kiss, but then The whole time he knows now that she has cancer and is probably not going to live. So you get that taken away from him. So now he's really this whole new person after he went from regretting losing the love of his life because he was so busy with being an Avenger and being there than being gone and just losing her by not being there. Like, I thought that was a pretty powerful message for a Marvel movie. I felt that was one of the most relatable lessons that they've taught in a while. And now here he is. He's lost her. He helped out somebody who was trying to kill him, this utterly evil person, and is now taking care of his daughter. And for the first time, it was a reference of him wanting to be a father. And now he has that. You get to see Thor through fatherhood, so it's a more mature Thor It's adult Thor. It's dad Thor. And I think that's a really fun plot line to follow. I think it sets up for a lot of fun comedic moments of him trying to teach a kid who has superpowers to be a normal kid, but also doing it in a very unconventional way. I think that sets up the next film perfectly. When that one will be here, we don't know yet. Hopefully they'll figure that out soon and let us know when we can expect it. Probably another three, four years down the line. I mean, I've been waiting for this movie for a very long time. I remember this one being part of the last big announcement they did. But I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. I would easily put this one in the top three of phase four. And we found out that phase four will end later this year with Black Panther. So once that movie comes out, I'll do my entire ranking and break down phase four, which has probably had... The most criticism so far. But I think it's just us getting used to what Marvel is going to become. Anyway, that is the spoiler review of Thor Love and Thunder. Come back on next week's episode. I have a lot more things Marvel to discuss. Got to talk about the Black Panther trailer. Got to talk about all the new movies they announced. I mean, not one, but two Avengers movies. Daredevil's coming back. There's yet another attempt at the Fantastic Four, which could be glorious or it could be another disaster. So... Hope to talk to you next week. Until then, later. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners.